Hello, I'm Rebecca, the founder of Trio, and welcome to Pep Talks with Trio. Trio is the leading solution for workplaces to support their people during every life transition from starting a family to retiring and every life event in between. On Pep Talks with Trio, we chat to our expert partners for advice on how to best navigate these common, complex and often messy life stages that happen during our working career. Keep listening as we connect the dots between life and work with the simple aim of education and empowerment. After all, life happens at work. Today on Pep Talks with Trio, we're speaking with Christine Kaur, executive coach and founder of People Coach. We'll just be discussing the benefits of coaching to accelerate your career. Welcome, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Please, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do at People Coach? Um, I've had a bit of a journey to get here, and I do have to say that um, I'm one of those very blessed and annoying smug people who loves what they do every minute of the day. Um, but having said that, this is my third career move, um, my third or fourth business, um, and I've had a bit of a journey. So my first career um, was in marketing, my second career in executive recruitment, and you know, my third career now is a tech founder of a um, coaching business. And the reason why I'm here, um, funnily enough, is because I had a bit of a midlife crisis and uh, realised that I couldn't look, you know, when I forward planned my life and looked into the future, I couldn't see myself being blissfully happy doing what I was doing Um so that was on a personal journey of why I made the change. From a world infrastructure community perspective, um, what was really interesting for me is I, um, as an executive coach, I got to work with some amazing individuals, amazing organisations. Um, I could see the impact that I was making for them and their careers. I could see the impact I was making for their teams, for their organisations, all the money that we were making for organisations. Um, but dare I say, it was only at the pointy end of the pyramid. Uh, so executives, CEOs, board directors, general managers, and high percentage being male. Yeah. And it struck me in my heart of, you know, like if we really want diversity, inclusion, equity, um, and talent pipelining, we've got to give resources, tools, information, confidence, pathways to everybody in an organisation, not just the pointy end. And I guess, Rebecca, you and I are doing a very similar thing. We're trying to create, you know, sustainable organisations through diverse, you know, um, employee bases and, and talented people, and, and that's what I'm doing. So, you know, everything that we do now is about making coaching scalable and accessible to all, and I am proud to say that as, as we sit here today, in October 2022, 51% of the people on our platform are, are female. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So Think really about, by that. Yeah, how many women's careers have been impacted through that? So on that note, you know, what impact does coaching typically have on our career? So career is so important to people, right? And what, you know, and, and dare I say, especially for women who are, you know, families, I'm not saying that children aren't are important to men, but for women, we tend to 
make more of a trade-off between family and work, but it is such an important part. And and so think about it like this. Think about somebody who's knowledgeable, who's experienced, who's independent, who's professional and educated, focusing on you for an hour or more a month, asking you about what's important to you, what you need help on, guiding you, challenging you, calling you on your BS because mm-hmm. we all have it, <laughs> cheerleading for you and holding you accountable. Yeah, huge. That's what coaching does. And, you know, like I literally got a text from one of my team members um, last week and she texted me and she said, oh, my God, just had the best session with one of the my coaches. can't believe I'm being paid for this. And I messaged back, well, I don't have to pay you if you don't want to. <laughs> but, but why I say that is that the impact that you can make as a coach with someone is so rewarding mm. to see someone say or hear someone say, oh, my God. Like I, I did coach someone the other day. And she started to cry in a good way. Um, But what she said is, you nailed it in 40 minutes. I wish I knew you sooner because I I wouldn't have suffered so much for the last 20 years in business. Wow. So do you think coaching helps us get out of our own way? Totally. Totally. And there's two parts of it. The first part of it is actually saying things out loud. Mm. So there are so many things that are in our heads, right? Um, and, you know, it's like, that, it's like that joke that you think is really funny when you practice it and then you say it and it's so bad. <laughs> and it's a bit like that, right? So you have these thoughts in your head and they go round and round. And to you, they're real. It's, 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 you know, a fact. It's evidenced. It's there. Then it starts coming out of your mouth. And part of it will be somebody else looking at you saying, that that doesn't make sense to me. Can you explain that to me more? And then the more you say it, like the number of times people have said to me, oh, when I say it out loud, that sounds really dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm, I said, I'm not here to say whether you're dumb or not. I'm just saying you said it. You know? yeah. and, and I think sometimes just saying those things out loud create an awareness, makes you think about things. Having somebody say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. What's the evidence for that? Um, What would you say if your best friend or your manager or your partner or your daughter or your sister said this? Oh, I would tell them blah, 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 that they're being ridiculous. Okay, so now what would you like to say to yourself? Well, I'm different. Okay, so you're different from your manager, your boss, a female, blah, 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 blah. You're different from all these other people. Okay, that sounds silly as well. Mm. So um, there's a beautiful line by a lady called Carolyn, Caroline Wonga, who is a African-American woman in the US. She's HR director of Target, and she has this line. She says, I'm not saying that, you know, there's not infrastructure issues or society issues or bad things don't happen, but I will say that the of the um, the first nine things that are getting in your way of being successful are you. Mm. And when I look at problems that I'm facing, business problems, personal problems, 
me problems, whatever, I always look at what what am I doing to contribute to this issue mm. and what can I do to change the situation? So what do I need to do? Who do I need to ask? What resources do I need? What questions should I be asking? Um, and that's, again, what a coach is. I've had coaches and mentors all my way along, right? Mm. Um, I haven't always liked what they've said. I've definitely not liked asking people for help at times, but I've been brave enough to know that that's what's been required and then I've been brave enough um, to take that and then do something with it. Yeah. So really it's helping us expose the stories that we have in our head Creating self-awareness. The first principle of coaching, like the first principle of Fight Club, but the first principle of coaching is building self-awareness and building acceptance of that awareness. Mm. So why are you behaving like this? Why are you thinking about this? What are the motivators? What are the backgrounds? What are the, you know, what are the self-limiting beliefs? What are the experiences that you had? Now that you're aware of it and you accept, now what are you going to do about it? Mm. Right, and, and and I'll tell you a thing about women, right? So, so many times I had, I was presented in front of 150 women the other week. Well, maybe it was a month ago, time flies. And this younger woman, 28 years old, stood up. She goes, oh, I know that we should be more courageous. I know we should say this, we should. But she said, you know, we women are socialised um, to, to not do that and not stand out to be liked. And I just went, I want to stop you right there. You're 27, I'm 55. You're... Australian, I'm Chinese with a very old Chinese father that put me in a box. If you don't know now with your education, with women's rights, with, you know, you're a lawyer, for goodness sakes, if you don't know now that you do not have to be liked all the time and be a good girl all the time, then that's on you. Yeah. Because you're the only one telling yourself that you have to be a good girl now. Yeah, it's quite tough to hear sometimes, isn't it? You know, just stop. That's an excuse. Yeah. That's an excuse not because you want to be a good girl. You want to be liked. You you know, and and you've got all the evidence there. You've been made aware of it, but you've chosen not to act on it. That is not anyone else's fault by you. Yeah. It's hard to hear that we're potentially in our own way. And then, you know, we've created these stories, you know, the monkey mind to keep us safe and actually not progress. So is the role of coaching obviously exposing that? Do you, uh, does coaches help people find the answers or are the answers within you just get the individual to come to those conclusions themselves? In the strictest version of what coaching is, the philosophy is the individual always knows the answer. Mm. The coach's role is to ask powerful questions, create insight, pull, put the mirror up so that the individual will come to the conclusion themselves. Mm-hmm. The reality of what happens in most coaching relationships, including ours, is there's a line between coaching and mentoring. Mm-hmm. Now, Mentoring is, this is what I've done. In my experience, when I had this happen to me, this is what I did. This is the result of of that, right? And then it's up to the individual then to say, oh, that makes sense to me. I, 
I take that on board or uh, it's not quite my way, that's not quite my situation, I don't want to take that on. What coaching coaches should never do is tell you what to do yeah. because that's what a consultant does, that's what a parent does, mm. maybe that's what a teacher does, but it's not what a coach does. And is that because, you know, you want the individual to come up with those answers and be brought into the answers and the next steps and the behaviour changes or the steps that they need to take to move forward when it comes from within? Is that more powerful? What do you think? <laughs> I would say yes. But sometimes it's easy, maybe, or maybe not, to be told, it, go do this. I suppose when it comes from within, then it is all that self-reflection, isn't it? And then you have to really face some of your demons or the barriers that you've co-created that have stopped you moving forward? Just answered your own question. Yeah. So at what point, obviously you spoke about a younger girl there in her 20s. You know, there's potentially many people listening that would say, well, that's, you know, is that too young? You know, I haven't, you know, is am I further ahead, for, you know, further ahead in my career enough to really experience coaching to have value from it at what point should we in our career consider a coach anytime since mm. things happen to us at every different age and and what we do so at people coach we are a career and leadership development platform mm -hmm. right so we and we focus on career and leadership development as, as from a coaching perspective so at any point, you could be a 27-year-old going into your first frontline leadership role. Yeah. You could be a 63-year-old man going into your first executive leadership role and now leading a team or having um, a shadow of thousands of people. You could be like every single person in the world over the last two years going through a global pandemic and not knowing how to manage that because guess what? There are no books on it because no one's ever gone through it before. Mm. And what it does, it goes back to the simple basics of having somebody there to help you troubleshoot, help create clarity, ask you powerful questions and let you say things out loud that may or may not make sense. Mm -hmm. That's what a coach does. So, so that any time. Yeah. So that to me is suddenly that safe space. I can just open up. I can admit to where I'm scared or I don't know or I'm frustrated or I'm angry. I've got barriers or this isn't working. I've, you know, I've got a safe space where somebody's on my team. I'm, I'm not going to be exposed, but I am able to find work with somebody to find ways to move forward. Cause I think that is definitely something that many people struggle with is, is asking for help and worry, worrying that they're going to be exposed as not, and women in particular being exposed that they're not good enough. You know, we, we need to tick nine out of 10 boxes to go for a job versus maybe men who might only tick two, three, four, five of those, you know, requirements, you know, women always feel they need to have proven themselves before they push themselves forward. So, you know, we having that safe person that really can give us that confidence and hold up the mirror and then, you know, help us move forward. I can see is incredibly powerful if, you know, to overcome challenges, accelerate our careers, return to work, transition in any way, through our, you know, the, our career trajectory. 
the only thing that I, and, and I'm going to say, everyone we coach, so we, we coach 51% of women, 49% of men. Yeah. Let me say, everybody has issues with asking for help. Nobody wants mm. to look like they don't know. Nobody wants to look like they've got a mistake. The, the difference between men and women is men are socialised, perhaps, to learn to accept rejection. Women are not. Mm. So men are going in when they've got 20% of the, the you know thing mm. because let's just think basically they're the ones still today doing most of the asking of the date. Mm-hmm. They are still the ones most of the time getting told no. So they grow up with expecting one out of ten yes is a really good number. <laughs> yes. Right? So they're brought up. They're hardened to rejection. Women don't put themselves out enough to harden themselves out of rejection. Mm-hmm. So what I would say to women is don't, don't, um, don't allow that to be another story of um, – why I'm not successful is because men men are so overconfident that they go for a job, you know, even though they can't do it. Look at it the other way. Men are going for the job because they're used to getting rejected and they've built a resilience to it. Mm. And women are keeping too safe. Great perspective, Chris. Be prepared to have rejection because that's also another way that we'll grow our career. Take the risk. And life, right? And you, yeah. Rebecca, you're a business owner. I'm a business yeah. owner. You know, somebody said to me, I think you're a bit sensitive. And I went, are you kidding me? I've worked in recruitment and I built a tech company as a 50-something-year-old Asian woman. <laughs> are you telling me I don't know about rejection? I dated in the 80s in Australia where nobody wanted an Asian chick as a girlfriend. Let me tell you, I'm used to rejection. Now it's the other side. Everybody wants to go out with an Asian woman. But (laughs) then it was not like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, Chris, my last question is who pays for coaching? Is it the organisation or is it the individual? So it can be either, of course. Um, Our our mission at the moment is to get organisations to pay for coaching because it's actually a benefit. It's a benefit to the individual, but engaged, smart, focused, clearly communicated employees add a lot of money to the bottom line of organisations. Now, one thing I would like to share as an observation is when I have individuals come to me and if they're a male and I tell them what we do, they'll nine times out of ten, they'll say, I'm going to talk to my HR, I'm going to talk to my manager, I'm going to get them to pay for it, this is for the organisation, and nine times out of ten, they get it. When I talk to a woman in the same situation, nine times out of ten, she'll say, I'm just going to pay for this myself. Yeah. And I'll say, why? And she'll say, because this is about me being better at my job. And I said, okay, so when you're better at your job, is that going to help you or the organisation? Oh, both. But who's going to make more money out of this? Oh, the organisation. Okay. And so who should be paying? Oh, I should, because I should be doing a better job for the organisation. Yeah. Phenomenal, isn't it? The difference perspective. And I'll I'll say your first job, your first coaching task with me (laughs) is to go to your organisation and get them to pay. So if any women are listening to us out there and men, 
anyone actually, uh, but particularly women, if you say, I want a coach, I can see the value, I need some help in what I'm doing, and your first thought is, how much is this? I'll pay for it myself. I want you to challenge yourself, your first act to potentially be rejected, go to your HR manager, go to your manager and ask for some money for coaching. And we are very cost-effective. Go to our website, peoplecoach.com, see how cost-effective we are, and let's go from there. That's absolutely brilliant, Chris. And I know that the highly engaged, productive employees that stay with your organisation um, certainly cost a lot less than losing them and having to re recruit and rehire. So it is in many ways um, a valuable investment in your people. Absolutely. Thank you absolutely. so much for talking to me. That's some great insights there. It's been fantastic. Thank you. Very welcome. Have a great day.